Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages. I am one half of your hosting duo here on the Legionnaire Podcast. It is Callahan. And unfortunately today, it's just going to be me. My brother, uh, Will, and I weren't able to record together today, and we're not going to be able to record on Sunday for our Tuesday episode. So, you're just going to get me today. Um, I don't know if he's bringing on a guest. He might be bringing on Caleb. I might be wrong. Sorry, Caleb, to get your hopes up if you heard this and he didn't stop bringing you on. But um, yeah, today's just going to be me. Um, I'm going to be talking a little bit about Loki. Uh, we're talking a little bit about the Bad Batch episode that just came out, um, of both of which I really liked. Um, now we're gonna, I want to talk a little bit about um, the Acolyte news. And there's just a little bit of Rogue Squadron news, which is not a major thing, but yeah yeah so let's get into it i don't know this is kind of what told me he's like yeah it's kind of weird when you record alone you like you just sit there and then you're just talking to yourself and then you like run on tangents forever and i don't know we'll see I'm, i can talk for pretty much ever about pretty much anything um but yeah yeah so let's jump into loki right away um this episode was bananas because like so at the end of the last episode, we see Loki get pruned. So he's like disappears and everybody's like, what the hell is going on? And then at the end of the episode, you see him just appear like he wakes up somewhere and there are a bunch of other Loki standing around him. They're like, get up. We have to leave right now. And it's like, what's going on? So what we learn in this episode is um, because at the in the episode, Sylvie is still alive and she's in the TVA and she's kind of going after the main tva chick i don't ever remember her name but i just know i hate her everybody hates her she sucks she's rude <laughs> she's evil um but she asked her she's like where does what happens when they get pruned it's like well they send them to the excuse me the end of time like the end of the timeline like this is like right before the void like the void is like the timeline ends and nobody knows what's after the void so that's where Sylvie thinks that the timekeepers are, the real timekeepers are whoever's in charge of the TVA and how everything is. Um, and that's where they send all of the variants when they get pruned to right before the void. And you're like, well, this must be populated with a bunch of them. So then it flashes to the Lokis and it turns out there's this huge like cloud monster thing called Alioth. And it's actually kind of scary. It, it reminded me a lot of... Um, I don't know why, but like in um, because it's like it's like a big dragon cloud thing that like incinerates all matter that it co- moves through. So like whenever like variant you see it like when variants show up, it'll just run through it, and they all just like it just like annihilates everything, which is crazy. Um, but it reminds me a lot of like I don't in Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, where the um where Gandalf is like lighting off fireworks and then Merry and Pippin light off the big firework that turns into the, um, the dragon. And it's kind of funny because <laughs> it's just like the dragon flying through. And I was like, when I was watching, um, Loki is like, this feels a lot like, um, Lord of the Rings right now. <laughs> but anyways, um, 
there are a lot like and then so you see the loki's the, the the new group of loki's there's like the classic loki from like the 60s played by richard e grant who is phenomenal he's such a phenomenal actor and i love richard e grant there's a kid loki there's the boastful loki and then there's a crocodile loki so they save tom hiddleston god this is gonna be so hard to just it's like it's just like have a preface for each loki so they save tom hiddleston our loki the variant loki I guess they're all variants. So that doesn't really make it any easier. Tom Hiddleston. They say Tom Hiddleston. Um, and they're like, like nobody survives out here. It's like, well, how did you survive? It's like, they're Lokis. We're like, or the, the variant Lokis that saved Tom Hiddleston. We're like, well, we're Lokis. We survive. That's what we do. And they're like, well, all right, well, fair enough. So, and he's trying to like, they're all like talking about what their, um, Nexus events were that got them pruned. Um, I don't know. Apparently, Crocodile Loki's was um, he ate the neighbor's cat, which is kind of funny. Um, they're like, you don't even know if he's a Loki. And they're like, yeah, he is. He's like, we, we, we're pretty sure he's a Loki. Um, the boastful Loki said he killed Iron Man and Captain America and got all six Infinity Stones, which they call him boastful Loki because I think he lies a lot. So who knows? Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Um, Richard E. Grant's Loki was actually it was really interesting because his Nexus event was so when like when we see infinity war when thanos kills loki apparently richard e grant's loki variant was like he made a projection of himself and thanos killed that thinking he killed the real loki and richard e grant's loki actually hit among the god this is gonna be so hard to describe um this is so hard distinguishing between these lokis it's like alphabet soup um so richard e grant like his loki variant the classic loki because that's what his his outfit is the, the attire of like the classic Loki from like the sixties or whenever he was introduced. I don't know. Will probably knows more about it than I do. Um, he hid among the rubble, like on um, the Asgardian ship, and then so he he's he realized everywhere he goes, death and decay, decay and destruction follows him. So he literally just lived by himself on a planet for however many years. And then his nexus event was he got lonely after a while. He's like I want he he was like I wanted to go find my brother. I wanted to go find Thor. As soon as he left the planet, the TVA snatched him up. Um, and the kid is actually like, so, and then there's this kid Thor and or kid Thor. Shit. Shoot. Darn it. <laughs> Spoil it. Um, so there's a kid Loki and they're like, well, who is that? Like he's, this is his kingdom. The end of time is his king. The void is his kingdom. And they're like, what? And he's like, yeah, he, they're like, what was your next event? And the kid Loki looks at, he just says, I killed Thor. And, was, and Tom Hiddleston was like, oh boy. So you're the real deal. Um, there's a lot that goes on like so Sylvie like prunes herself because she's fighting in the TVA and she gets to the end of the timeline and she like she shows up and Alioth is going to like eat her alive and she's like oh shoot all of a sudden there's this pizza car coming like there's this pizza delivery car driving towards her she's running away she's like who is this and it's Mobius Owen Wilson is still alive thank god like last episode I mean I kind of figured he kind of figured he'd still be alive. Um, they're not like it, I feel like killing off Owen Wilson and that. I mean, like it was it'd be kind of cool the way he went out when he was like, "I want to go, I want to go back to my old life and ride a jet ski like I used to." It's like that'd be kind of a cool way to go out. But like, I'm so glad he's still alive because I I don't know. I want to see more Mobius and um, Tom Hiddleston, Hiddleston, but regardless, we won't really get that because. So on the essentially Mobius saves um, Sylvie and they meet up with the other Lokis because 
Loki is goes back to this little like headquarters area or layer hiding spot with the three Loki variants or the four Loki variants that saved him. And while they're there, Loki's like, all right, well, I'm out of here. This is ridiculous. And he opens like the hatch of he's like, he, cause like, they're like, I was like, he's like, we need to go do something about this. We can't sit here. And they're like, ah, oh, you're an idiot. Go and go. He's a final go by myself. So Loki comes out and all of a sudden you see the Loki vote for Loki president thing. And then there's a bunch of other, Loki. it's just ridiculous. I call, I literally in my show notes call it the Loki war because all of these Lokis are like fighting each other. Cause like, the bullets for Loki ripped off the other Lokis. He gave up their position. He, I don't know. That's not really, this isn't really the main part. I'm kind of just like slogging through this to get to the main part. The main parts of the end, like the ending parts of this episode are so cool because essentially like the game plan is Lo- Tom Hiddleston, Loki finally meets up with Sylvie and Mobius. And then there's like classic Lokis there with them too, along with, I think, the kid loki yes kid loki and crocodile loki and um it's actually kind of funny because loki and sylvia are talking they kind of share a moment and they're like they're like in a blanket together and they're just kind of like sitting there they're like just like middle school kids like when they're like do you do you like me like i I, kind of like you i don't you're kind of i mean what 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 do you want to do it's just like it's super funny because like they've both never really trusted people before like I mean, like, they haven't really opened up, like, without being, like, super snarky and yada, yada, yada. So it's kind of cool. But, like, so the plan they come up with is they have to enchant Alioth. So, because they think whatever Alioth is guarding, like, or whoever, wherever the timekeepers, whoever's in charge of the whole timeline is, is it's Alioth has to be the gatekeeper between them and, like, this end of the timeline. So Sylvie's like, I, I'm going to enchant him and I, I can do this. And, Loki's like, all right, well, I'll help you. I'll make a distraction so you can enchant him. And she's like, okay. Um, and then Owen Wilson shares a cool moment with Loki because Owen Wilson's like, I'm going to head back to wherever. And they, he, they share a cool moment because like he hugs Loki and he's like, I'll see you or something. He, I don't remember what he says. He says, I'll see you around or something. And Loki's like, goodbye, my friend. And Loki hasn't ever really, he's like, I don't, he doesn't, Loki doesn't really have friends. So it's really cool to see that he himself, he's like, he's him saying like, goodbye, my friend, because he considers Mobius a friend now. And it's really cool because Tom Hiddleston's like crying, like his Loki's crying because like he realizes he's actually developed like a true connection with Mobius. And it's really nice to see. Um, so anyways, Enchanting Aelia, this is such a cool sequence because Loki is like try like so they show up and S- Loki start like Alioth sees him and Sylvie and Loki starts like making a huge scene he's like running around with like a sword on fire he's like come get me come get me Alioth starts turning towards him and Sylvie starts trying to enchant um she grabs like one of the cloud tentacles I guess I don't really know of um Alioth and Alioth realizes this, so he turns around and he starts looking back at her. And Loki's like, oh, shoot, I need to. He's like, no, 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 come over here, come over here, come over here. And just before Alioth is about to get to Sylvie, because like, like this isn't a part of the plan. We can't. This is this is this is terrible that it's happening. All of a sudden, Richard E. Grant, the classic Loki, shows up and he starts making these huge projections. He like projects all of Asgard into like this the end of the timeline area where they're out in like this open field. 
it is so cool because like and loki's like i didn't know we were that strong <laughs> because because immediately alia turns like what's going on over here so he's like trying to go after richard e grant who's just like making all of these illusions it's so cool um and loki and so loki's like i didn't know you're that powerful and she's like we can all we all have each other's powers like he's like i don't think i can do that she's like you can do anything she's like you can do anything like we all have these same powers because then sylvie and loki like we need to enchant alia together and loki's like i don't know how to do that either and she's like hold my hand i will show you the way and she's like she like so they both they're like both like trying to enchant Alioth while Richard E. Grant's like making these cool structures. He's making Asgard and Alioth comes through. He finally sees him and he just and Richard E. Grant's just like it's a it's the coolest way to go out in a movie. It's kind of like um oh uh the blue leader blue leader in um Rogue One where he's like screaming and he crashes his X wing into the ground because he gets shot down. But like Richard E. Grant goes out in a blaze of glory and. Alioth runs through him and all that's left of him afterward is that cool horned helmet that you know from the comic books. Um, and right as he's turning on Sylvie and Loki, they they enchant him and the whole cloud turns green. And they're like, because that means like they got him because like that's the Loki magic. And um, they're like, cool. All right. So they, they, get, they got him like, oh my God, we got him. So they, they split the cloud open and they see this castle kind of like in like this prism thing. I don't, I don't know who it is. I had to watch YouTube videos to see who what people excuse me think it is. Um Will probably is a better idea. I, I mean I saw I watched the so I watched full disclosure, I watched Comics Explain guy. I think his name's Rob, the Rob Court, whatever. He's really cool. I really like I watch his videos whenever I don't really know about comic book characters because he's like an encyclopedia of knowledge. He's basically like the Star Wars Explained guys of comics. Obviously his comic book channel is called Comic Explained. Um, and he was saying that could be Castle Kang, which seems like a little too obvious because there's a shot in the trailer, apparently from Loki, that we haven't seen of Loki on the throne of Asgard. So there's a theory that, I mean, obviously, the, all and all signs point to Kang, which makes sense because Kang is supposed to appear at some point in the MCU. He's the main antagonist in um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Um but there's a theory that there's a Loki variant that made it through Alioth and killed Kang or like took maybe killed Kang or maybe not killed Kang or imprisoned Kang. And he is now ruling over all of the timeline. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like that's. I don't I don't want to say unlikely. I just feel like. I don't know. I could see it, but I also couldn't see it. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm not I'm not the mcu expert wills wills definitely knows more about marvel than me but it would be really cool to see if loki was the one ruling i mean it would make sense because like but then again it would make sense to see because like all loki's crave power and like it really takes like exceptional events to happen for loki to like kind of get out of his own way like what happened with our variant loki here in this loki show um and it'd be kind of like one of those, but then it, I don't know. I don't want to see another like, oh, it's actually another version of you in charge and you're the, still the bad guy. You have to overcome yourself. I feel like that happens in every single superhero show. It's like in Logan, like that's my big, the biggest gripe in the movie is like, well, he's fighting himself. He needs to overcome the animal that's inside him. It's like, okay, it's a little on the nose, but I'll take it. It's a cool movie. So I, I don't, it might happen here. It might not. I really hope it's Kang just because like, I feel like it makes sense for it to be Kang. I don't know. Will's probably going to be like, 
you idiot of course it's going to be xyz and then i'm like oh yeah i didn't really think about that but um so yeah i don't know um if you have any ideas you sh- you can shoot us um dms on our instagram account or send us an email we can talk more about that there um but yeah so that was the Loki episode for the week. I'm super excited for next week's episode, which is the last episode of the series. And I guess I can, I'll probably, I can probably announce this now. Um, I don't think Will and I are going to be able to record next week again as well, because he is heading out. He's going on a he's going on a trip with some of his buddies. So next week is going to be me and my buddy Riley. Um, he's coming on. He hasn't watched any of the Loki. He hasn't watched any of the Loki show yet. And I told him he's an idiot for this. He's like, I'm just going to wait for it all to come out and binge it all at once. I'm like, dude, that like, you got to watch it like weekly. Cause then you like, you the anticipation builds, but he's going to come on. He's really into the MCU films. Um, he and I went and saw, um, infinity war and Endgame together. Cause like infinity war came out my freshman year of college and it was he and I, and a bunch of guys from our dorm. We went and saw infinity war. We or we went and saw black Panther. And then we went and saw infinity war. And then, when Endgame came out the following year, we went and saw Endgame. So he's going to come on. Um, he's got a lot of, he's really, he's really into the MCU. He and I are both big fans of Loki and like Thor Ragnarok. Um, he'll probably come on here and explain to all of you why Thor Ragnarok is the greatest MCU movie ever. Which I wouldn't, I wouldn't just, I mean, I think Infinity War is better just overall, but Ragnarok's up there for me too. But yeah, so we're going to, we'll wrap up all of Loki next week when that new episode comes out. I'm really excited for that. Will's probably going to talk a little bit about it on the tuesday episode two with his friend um but yeah i'm excited this is a really this is probably easily the best mcu show right now um and yeah it's oh god i just i love this show the the score in it's so good because ah, I, just, I have so much it's, this is really hard god will's right he's like this is actually kind of hard it's, it's really fun once you get going but like sometimes you just have to keep talking because then you don't know because otherwise it's just radio silence and then that's bad radio but alas, Loki's great. We'll finish that up next week. Looking forward to that. It's also Friday. This is where Will says, "Hey, Cal, it's Friday," and I go, "Oh yeah, that's right, it's Friday." He's like, "What happens on Fridays?" The Bad Batch came out today. Um, yeah, and this was a really co- this was another really good episode. It wasn't people like, "Oh, it's, these are filler episodes." This one wasn't. I kind of understand maybe with the week before it was like eh, a little filler, not really. It's just like another like run of the mill um, Bad Batch episode. This one is very different because the Bad Batch are only in it for like two minutes. I mean, like you see more of Omega than you see the Bad Batch because this episode takes place on Ryloth, and this is showing the transition from obviously the Ryloth that fought with the Republic to the or Ryloth that is now under control of the empire. And you see um, Senator Onfrita of Ryloth making a speech and like the citizens are like mad. They're like, why are the empire here? We should, we don't want to give up our weapons because they're fully like embracing the Onfrita is fully embracing the Imperial occupation of Ryloth. And the people when he makes a speech that people are like, no, we want general champs and doula because from the clone wars champs and doula was like the champion of Ryloth. He like fought for their freedom against the separatists. Um, and he was the, he's the hero of the people. So champs and doula comes on, he makes a big speech. like, Oh, we should put our weapons down. We fought so hard. Let's just embrace the empire. Let's the fighting is done. They have this new mine that we can use for one second. Excuse me. Oh my goodness. 
I ate a lot of food this morning. <laughs> um, I don't want to be burping. I hope you didn't hear that. I muted my microphone, but I don't want to be burping into the mic. That's not really what you want to hear on a Friday afternoon whenever or whenever I post this. Oh, yeah. Also, I mean, sorry to kind of break the fourth wall again. We're kind of go off, going off on a tangent. We'll get back to Bad Batch. But like this is my first episode doing solo and I'm not really good at like computer things. Will's his degrees and like computer studies and stuff so he he's really good he's a wizard with computers so this is my first episode like gonna be post-producing it all by myself i'll probably end up messaging him saying it's an emergency and i need help he'll be like no you idiot this is how you do it and i'll be like oh yeah that's right sorry about that um so yeah anyways back to the bad batch god this is gonna be the worst rated episode ever (laughs) um yeah, so Champs and Dula gives the speech and yada, yada, yada. Like the people, they calm down because they everybody respects Champs and Dula on Ryloth. It's, I'm trying to think, think about who an equivalent would be here in America, but right now America's a very divided place, which is kind of a bummer, but um, maybe not Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks isn't really like, this is really, this is kind of a, it's kind of sad that it's hard to find somebody that would really unite all of America at once. I don't know. I kind of like it until like when Barack Obama would talk, like, I don't know people's political opinions. It's fine. Right, left, whatever. It's cool. I just, I don't know. Cause whenever Barack Obama talked, he just felt like a warm blanket of security. He could be talking about like ordering pizza. No, my fellow Americans, I believe that if we order pepperoni pizza, it's like, you're just like, God, I mean, yeah, pepperoni pizza sounds great. Such a good talker. Policy aside, that's kind of what I like in Champs and Doula too. It's like he, whenever he's like talking to the people, it's like, oh my God, yeah, it's okay. We're fine. Anyways, um, you see, we see Crosshair again in this episode and his head is, it's not really jacked up, but like I wrote his head's jacked up. Not really like a big like side of the, his head is like all like mangled up from the Venator incident um, on Braca when like they blasted, like when he got almost cooked alive by that freaking engine when it turned on. Um, and he's like, hey, Senator, your people are not compliant. And those are the Imperial Admiral. I swear to God, all Imperial Admirals look like East Coast kids who go to Ivy League schools and who like tell you all about how cool they're, how important their dad is. And they probably yell at their mom because they're brats. Um, all Imperial Admirals look like that. I swear to God. I mean, like they're hateable guys. They're, I mean, they're they're made to be hateable. Um, he's like, oh, it's fine. We'll get them in line. What a yada yada yada. Because the clone tr- the clone army is now going to be occupying Ryloth, and he's like, oh, we get the clones here. Anyways, so now we pick up with Harrison Dula and Chopper. Who I I mean, I haven't watched it, but they're from their main characters in Star the show Star Wars Rebels, which is really cool because you see Hera as a kid here. Um, so she and Chopper are spying on this new Imperial mine. And they're like, oh, look at all of this. What are they pulling out? And they, they find out they're pulling out Dunium from this Imperial mine, which to all of the listeners who know, who've read other canon materials and know about other canon materials, Dunium is the main um, metal used on the Death Star. So like, it's the main armor plating of the Death Star. So that's what they're mining on Ryloth, which is really cool. And they're like, oh yeah, they're mining Dunium. It's like, oh my God, they're mining Dunium. They use that on the Death Star. Um, Will will probably talk about this. There's some... Uh, I wouldn't say spoiler, but like the episode titles that were leaked um, are actually turning out to be true. 
So he's, he was, he texted me this morning. He's like, he's like, eat your words, kid. I was right. You were wrong. I was like, listen, we thought that was coming earlier. Not at this point, but so yeah. So the episode titles are true. So we might see project war mantle and mantle seems like mantle of the earth. So mantle of the death star, which is probably has something to do with the dunium regardless. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that. I don't remember the episode names off the top of my head. Um, anyways, um, I, I initially learned about Dunium in the book, the Star Wars book Catalyst, which led up to Rogue One. They talked about Dunium in that. And it's also in the Thrawn book, which Will's reading right now, and he really likes it. He's like, oh my god, it's from Thrawn. Um, anyway, so like Hera's spying on this, and she gets captured, but like before she gets captured, and like she gets out of it, yada, yada, yada. Like, it, there's a lot of stuff that goes on, a lot of like, this, these episodes are so good at the beginning, and then like there's so much that goes down later in the episode. Um, Hera like has like moments in this episode where she's just like looking to the sky and flying her hands. She's like, she just wants to, like every time she's the ship, she like watches it flying around and like there's like this cool music that plays in the background. It's like quintessential Star Wars, like Luke Skywalker looking to the sky, like God, I want to get off Tatooine or like Ray on Jakku looking to the sky. She's like, God, I just want to fly and get my way out of here. Um, speaking of like looking to the sky and all the effects, oh my God, the visual effects in this show are phenomenal, like. We have come so far from the Star Wars Clone Wars, or the Star Wars animation of old in the, um, Clone Wars, like where it was like a really lame video game animation. Like you see, because like Hera goes off with her uncle Gobi. I think his name's Gobi. I might be wrong. I can't remember. Um, they fly to this moon off of Ryloth, but you could like you can. There's not a huge atmosphere in the moon. You can see Ryloth in the background. It's huge. It's so cool. And you, this is where we meet the Bad Batch because they're like, oh, we have to pick up weapons from a shit or like a supplier. And like, and the Bad Batch haven't showed up at all in this episode. And I was like, oh, God, I wonder who this is. And then I see the ship show up and I'm like, oh, look, it's the Bad Batch. So it's kind of a cool way to to introduce the Bad Batch in their own show. It's like, because they're just there. They're a side mission. They're a side piece in this cool, in this main story, which has greater implications in the universe. Because obviously, like, this mine being used on Ryloth is con- helping construct the Death Star. And the Bad Batch have a small role to play in probably an insurrection that's going to happen on Ryloth. Spoiler, it doesn't actually happen. But um, a, what we think is going to be an insurrection on Ryloth. So the Bad Batch give them, like, they're like, here are all these weapons, yada, yada, yada. And so Hera comes along and she meets Cecil Omega. And she like, she, well, Hera's initially attracted to the ship. She's like, wow, this is a cool ship. I haven't seen this before. And Omega's like, it's in a modified Amada class. Shadow, or blah, 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 light attack, whatever. So. It's kind of cool because Hera and Omega like get like a kind of like a cool f- moment together. They're like, like two little kids just like showing each other around. Um, and so like they go up in the ship and Omega's telling um, Hera all about like, oh, this is where this the deflector shields are. This is where the hyperdrive is, yada, 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 like on the control panels. And Hera's like, wow, you know a lot about the ship. Do you find Omega's like, no. I don't think so. Or, she, or no, she says, she says, no, tech isn't going to let me fly until I can list off all of the technical specifications of the ship by memory. And Hera's like, oh, that's kind of sad. I mean, I fly, but like flying isn't about knowing everything on the ship. It's just a feeling. You just know and you're free. And Megan's like, huh, maybe I, I want to fly. Um, but yeah, so she gets, they get off the ship because they're the, um, the Twi'leks are going to leave. And I, for those who don't know, sorry, I just I say these things without if people don't know. Twi'leks are the natives of Ryloth. Um, so yeah, it's they're not called like Ryloth Rylothians or 
Rylathone. I don't know. Rylath, whatever. They're all, the natives of Ryloth are called Twi'leks. Um, anyway, so the Twi'lek crew um, with Harris and Dula are leaving. And it's funny because as they're, the Bad Batch are leaving, Omega's like, did you know flying's a feeling? And they're like, what are you talking? And Tech's like, what feeling are you talking about? Which is kind of funny because Tech is such a numbers analytical guy. He's not like a feeling emotion guy. So that's kind of cool. Anyways, they, so they get back. Um, oh, I, for, I forgot to even say. So this tr- ship is being tracked by Crosshair, the Twi'lek ship. Hera, or the ship that Hera's on is being tracked with these new, with obviously with weapons on now. So Crosshair's tracking them as they come back into the planet atmosphere of Ryloth. And there's this cool shot of like the ship flying in this huge sandstorm on the side. Just another one of those cool animated things. Like I never thought I would see in Star Wars until like now because like the animation back then wasn't as good as it is now. Um, and so they shoot down the ship because they're, they're going to be like um, Crosshair shoots down um, the Twi'lek ship the uh the rebel or the insurrection ship and they pull them all out and they're like oh my god it's the syndula girl and a syndula girl again because they caught her earlier in the episode and then they let her free they caught her again they put her on this clone transport thing with her uncle and her aunt i would assume i i don't know um and that imperial admiral and on free is on that as well and all of a sudden chopper usually we go back to one of the palaces on the main city of Ryloth and chopper comes into the room and he's chopping away or he's like, Hey, 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 we're like hair has been captured. So champs and doula goes and his wife go after the clone transport that has Hera and Gobi on it along with on But on is working with the empire is like, Oh my goodness. Champs and doula is trying to have mutiny against me. Yada, 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 treason against me. Um, and it's kind of, um, so anyways, they're chasing down the ship or they're chasing down this transport and they stop them. And cause, uh, the twilight, the twilight insurgent force like stops the ship or that stops the transport roller and the Imperials like, we have to surrender. I'm like, and I, I wrote in my notes, I'm like, Imperial surrender. I never thought I'd see the day of that. I was like, wow, they, they're surrendering. It's like, we're outnumbered. We have to let them take us out. So they go outside, um, and they're standing outside the transport ship and Sham Sandula's there um, with his wife and Hera's there too and Gobi's there. And all of a sudden you see, because like they're standing outside of this transport ship and it's like, wow, this is like a little, this is, this is too easy. Um, And all like, like how, how is the Empire just going to let this stand? Like they can't let this happen. And all of a sudden we just see like out of like, there's a shot of like crosshair with his sniper rifle aimed on Onfri Ta. Which is interesting because at first like what the hell, and he shoots on Free Ta, and the Imperial Admiral's like, he looks at Cham and is like, we are now going to arrest you for the assassin assassination of on Free Ta, and it's like, oh my god, they staged them, they let them take overtake the transport ship, pull them outside, they shoot on Free Ta, which is the senator of Ryla, and they're like, whatever, the Imperial the Empire doesn't care, Empire controls everything, they're like they stage him for assassination, which is the coldest move ever it's like yeah you thought you won but we got you now but Hera gets out of there with chopper she they get in the speeder and they take off and it's that's how the episode ends it was kind of crazy at the end um i really like this episode it was kind of a nice change up from what it normally is um just with a bad match doing everything it's kind of cool just to see like a different pov for the episode once in a while um 
So yeah, I'm excited to see where the show goes next. Um, I have, I'm willing to bet there's something they're going to have. Dude, I'm telling you, Darth Vader is going to have to show up in this show at some point because all of this stuff going on with the Death Star, there's no way Vader doesn't show up at some point in the show because they made the character model for him and they're not going to let that go to waste. There's however many episodes left. I think we're going to see Vader at some point. Um, I don't know where we're exactly going next week, but I think there, there's going to be more to do with the Death Star than I initially thought this show was going to deal with. So I'm really excited for that. Um, but yeah, another really another solid episode of The Bad Batch. I'm really looking forward to next week. Um, a lot different than like the normal like middle of the season episodes because we're actually we're kind of winding down here. We're in the back half. We're on the back nine of the um, episode list. So we'll see where it goes. Um. Anyway, so those that was the Bad Batch episode review and the Loki episode review. God, I hope it was coherent. Um, kind of rambling. I feel like I'm rambling and just into the microphone by myself in my room. Um, but yeah, so that was those episodes reviews. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Acolyte because I'm so excited for this show because it has the potential to talk about so much stuff that we want. We don't know that we want to see in the Star Wars universe. So let's get into this. I'll go to um, starwarsnewsnet.com. Um, that's where I get most of the news that I like. That's where I, that's my main go to place for news in the Star Wars universe. Cause like, like nobody's really reporting on all of the big stuff in the universe. Star Wars, I guess, besides these guys, they catch everything early. Um, so anyways, the Acolyte showrunner cites the Phantom Menace as creative influence for the series. And when I told Will this, he was like, oh, no, the Phantom Menace sucks. It's like, okay, dude, that's not what he's like. That's not a good thing at all. I'm like, dude, I, I didn't have all the information last week when we were recording. Like, that, it's not what it sounds like. So um, so Leslie Headland is the showrunner for the Acolyte. Um, and she's cited the Phantom Menace as creative influence for her series, which is kind of crazy. He's like, why would that be like? why would that be your um, influence? Because like Phantom Menace is kind of like one of the boring Star Wars movies, but there's a lot of cool things that, that are in it that people overlook, which I'm going to read this quote from that. She told, she told in an interview with the rap. Um, She said, what can I say? What I can say is the reason it did appeal to me personally is that I was 18 years old when the Phantom Menace came out and I was a very, very big Star Wars fan. I remain a big Star Wars fan, but at that particular time, right after re-releases and the fact that I was in high school, it all kind of coincided at a time where I was discovering who I was sexually. I was discovering who I was artistically and I was kind of realizing what I wanted to do with my life. And then this huge movie event, cultural event happened that was the Phantom Menace. And I know that there were varying reasons to it. And certainly there were a lot of people that had grown up on the, with the original trilogy who were disappointed by it. But I was actually very intrigued to see. I was very, oh my goodness, I can't read. But I was, I actually was very intrigued by why George Lucas had started at this particular point. I kind of, I kind of wondered, but what happened to the lead up to this? That's kind of where my Star Wars fan brain went. Like, how did we get here? And why are the Jedi like this? When they, when they are in power, why are they acting like this? And how is it that they're not having the reaction that you would think they would have to Anakin's presence and what Qui-Gon Jinn is saying about how passionately he feels about training him and bringing him into the fold. It's like even the discovery of Darth Maul is kind of met with like this, hmm, interesting kind of feeling. 
So I just think for me, my brain has always buzzed around that idea and wondered what's going on here or what has been going and wondered what's going on here or has or what has been going on here. So that's interesting because she's talking about like what leads into the Phantom Menace. So my thought initially, because we know this is going to be like a dark side POV kind of. I think we're going to see Plagueis in this show. And I really, I'm really excited for this because we've not, we haven't seen Plagueis yet. Um, we've only heard about him. Have you heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Everybody that's just memed everywhere. It's over memed. It's kind of annoying. Um, it's, it's interesting because like the Jedi at this point, like, cause this is the acolyte takes point that takes place at the end of the high Republic era. And I think it's like several decades before the fandom has, I don't know how many decades I, I don't know off the top of my head, but, um, I don't if maybe 90, 80, 90 years. So I don't think we'll see any of the current Jedi. Maybe besides we might see Yoda definite possibility, but I think this is going to really talk more about before Sheev Palpatine. I think if this show is going, goes multiple seasons, we will see Sheev Palpatine at some point. Um, I think it is very likely that we will have a, a female character. I think they said it's going to be a female character of color who's going to be leading this show. And I think this person will encounter Darth Plagueis because I don't know. There's just a, I just got a feeling. I just got a feeling because at this point in the timeline, the, the Jedi haven't seen the Sith in over a millennia. So they're still operating in the shadows and they have to remain in the shadows. And this is what leads up to the Phantom Menace because Obviously, Plagueis has been around for quite a while, and it's not like Sith Lords are just like Sith. So, in the rule of two, there's like the master and the apprentice always. The apprentice's job is to crave the power of the master and kill the master off, but the master has to make sure that this apprentice is worthy of killing them off. So, it's very like it's in the old legends material. Like, if the master didn't like the, the, the apprentice was worth it, and the apprentice tried to kill him, the master would kill the apprentice and go find a new apprentice. So. There is a decent likelihood that whoever's leading the show, like the character who's leading the show, is only going to precede Palpatine and end up dying. So, I don't know. I'm really excited for this show because I really like that early era. I, I really like that. I don't know why I like the Phantom Menace era because it's so interesting right before the Clone Wars because it's something we haven't seen a whole lot of. Because we've seen a lot of the Clone Wars. We've seen, obviously, the Galactic Empire, yada, yada, yada. But like, we haven't seen right... We haven't seen before the Clone Wars. Like, this Phantom Menace... The Phantom Menace is the only thing we've seen that, like, actually precedes the Clone Wars. I guess you could say Attack of the Clones, but like Attack of the Clones is basically the Clone Wars. It's like the start of the Clone Wars. So I'm really excited to see where this show goes. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. And Leslie Headland's a really, she's a really um, competent, um, I guess, showrunner thing. I, th I don't think we're going to see this until 2023. Um, but yeah. I'm excited. I'm re I'm really excited. And it's really cool to see that she as a showrunner is so into Star Wars and she thinks about stuff like this, like fans like I would. So I'm just, I'm over the moon about this show. I'm really excited for it to come out. Um, anyways, I guess there's not a whole lot else that's going on. I guess I could talk a little bit about, um, well, okay. So there was the Visions announcement. So there's the anime stuff. Will's going to talk about that. He's really excited for that. Um, there's a few things I look, I thought it looked cool. There's some stuff I was a little iffy on, but, um, so it looks like here, um, the book of Boba Fett has John Favreau, Dave Filoni and Bryce Dallas Howard are confirmed to direct episodes. Makes sense. It's kind of like Mando 2.5, but I think 
book of Boba Fett's going to talk. It's going to be a little bit of like an anthology show. They're going to talk about like stuff that happened right after Return of the Jedi, in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, in between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, um, in the current timeline in the sequel trilogy. So that is interesting. Um, and it's uh, there's another headline that says Patty Jenkins talks about how she is almost or her the writer she's working with is almost done with the script for um, the Rogue Squadron movie and how she's basically been able to tell the story that she wants to tell, which is really cool. Um, I'm really hoping this is going to be like Top Gun in space. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it just says they're crew they're they're assembling a crew. There has there's any news of casting, but um oh it's so crazy so um patty jenkins was doing an interview it doesn't say with who uh, oh the hollywood reporter um she's there's one there's a clip that she had she said it's an entirely they were asking like what it was like working with star wars and it's kind of interesting to hear that so she said it's an entirely different way of working i'm on the phone with them all of them and doing zoom meetings with everybody involved in star wars all the time I'm fairly free to do with the story what we want to do, but you really need to know who's done what, who's doing what, and where it goes and how it works, and what designs have been done before. It's a whole other way of working that I'm getting up to speed on. This is what I want to hear. I, this is Will and I have talked about this at nauseum. The sequel trilogy had no plan, and it was obvious that it didn't have a plan, and like of how everything was going to fit in. Like where do we? Where does the story need to go? Like oh, just do whatever you want. We'll just have fun. You're a director. We trust you. It's like okay. But it's nice to hear that they're like, no, this is like where your story has to fit in. Like your story can take place in this timeline. It has to fill here and here. But like you can tell whatever story you want here, but it just has to fit cohesively into this block right here. This is going on this. So just be aware of this, this and that. I, w- I don't envy anybody writing in this universe because it's so it's, it's so hard to do. Um, But yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited for this. Um, God. The next few years is going to be a great time, great time to be a Star Wars fan. Um, but yeah, so that wraps up all of the news that I have. Um, we talked about that other stuff for the Bad Batch episode. Um, oh, I didn't even say the Bad Batch episode is called Devil's Deal, um, which is kind of ominous because like the doing the deal with the devil is like doing the deal with the Empire. Um, oh, I didn't say any of the episode names. Sorry, Will. Um, but yeah. God, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, this was kind of a ramble episode by myself. Um, it's definitely easier doing it with other people. Um, but yeah. Yeah, another another successful episode of The Legionnaire. Oh, speaking of writing for Star Wars, when I was talking about Rogue, uh, Rogue Squadron, um, Will and I are still working on our most into, or our like Star Wars projects we'd work on. Michael, I know you've submitted that question. We haven't forgot about it. It's really hard writing all of... like writing story treatment because like I have, I'm, I'm trying to make sure everything falls into place for my story um because i guess i'll just say what I, like i'm doing i'm working on like a six episode limited series on luke skywalker and ben solo like showing ben solo's fall to the dark side because i think that's something people need to see on screen because they did it in the comic books but like let's be honest like most people aren't reading the star wars comic books so i feel like it's something we need to see on screen so like it's easier to see like for people to un- like, I understand why people are mad about Luke Skywalker. Like, oh, he's not who this isn't who Luke Skywalker should be. But like, I feel like showing that on screen for people, like showing what he went through, it's it'll be a lot easier to understand or make the pill easier to swallow. I don't know. 
But yeah, so that's another episode of the Legionnaire podcast. Um, I'm surprised I talked for 45 minutes. It was kind of crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is weird. This is kind of nice when I have Will to talk to, but now it's just me. Um, so if you have any questions, like if you want to see topics covered on the show, because um, after Loki and Bad Batch and we're not, the Friday episodes are going to be pretty open. Um, I know these take a pretty decent chunk out of our week, er, time running. So yeah, if you want to see any episodes or like topics talked about, you can email us at legionairepodcast at gmail.com. And I had to spell legionnaire here on the Word document, so I didn't screw it up and because Will's not here to correct me on it. So legionnaire spelled L-E-G-I-O-N-N-A-I-R-E. And you can follow us on Instagram at legionairepod and Will runs TikTok at legionairepod. Um, yeah, with that, um, I'll be signing off here. I got to head down to Chicago for a jiu-jitsu competition. And you'll see, you'll hear from Will on Tuesday with our buddy Caleb or his buddy Caleb and maybe Caleb. I don't know. I think so. Sorry. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, another episode of the Legionnaire podcast. We are Legion.